Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mindfully Rich Podcast, your weekly look at life and finances with a twist. I'm your host, Richie, and I'm super excited to be back another week, y'all. Oh my goodness, I told y'all when I first started that consistency is key for me. So I'm proud that I have kept to my word and I'm back yet another week and I want to let y'all know, thank you so much for all of the listening that y'all do, all of the comments, all of the sharing, and make sure that you subscribe. That's the one thing that I always forget to tell y'all. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I know y'all are listening, but make sure you are subscribing. And if you like something that's being said, don't hold that into yourself. Sharing is caring. So please make sure that you share the episodes. They're shareable. All you got to do is click copy the link whatever it is that you need to do we trying to go big time now when I say we I include y'all in the success of mindfully rich podcast we are a community here I do this for y'all but I do want y'all to make sure if y'all are feeling the messages that I'm putting down make sure you're sharing the episodes and also subscribing All right, y'all. So last week's episode was the Did Somebody With Bad Credit Say Something episode. Y'all know how I am with the titles. I like them to be long. (laughs) It's just a thing. That's how I am. And it was a really good episode where I talked about credit and got lots of feedback on that episode. And I'm loving that I have this podcast because people ask me about credit all the time. Credit is like my favorite financial topic to talk about. And so when people ask me this, now all I got to do is go back and say, check this out, go listen to episode da 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 da. And that way you can listen to the episode, you can pause, rewind, reverse, whatever it is that you need to do to get the information the way that you learn it. And I'm loving that. And so if you haven't checked that episode out, make sure you go back. Can't tell you on this episode because y'all know how I am. I like them to be 25 minutes and under. So if I tell you all about last week, I can't get into this week. So make sure you go back, check out episode five of season two. That's right. We own season two. So excited about that as well. And for those of y'all that are new, we're going to go ahead and move into what I like to call our mindful money moment. And our music title inspiration comes from Kanye West, Heartless, My Loan Got Declined episode. Now, this topic is something that people ask me about often. And I said, I have got to do this for the podcast because I've never talked about what happens when your loan gets declined. What should you do? I've never talked about this. And I said, dig, I didn't even cover this in season one. But we're going to go ahead and dig deep into this. And so the reason why I love talking about credit is I've done so much with credit. In my 14 years in the financial industry, I was an underwriter for mortgage modifications and also for consumer loans. So consumer loans, meaning credit cards, personal loans, auto loans. Um, I'm trying to think of some other line of credits, um, all of the consumer type products. And so everything other than mortgage. But I did do underwriting for mortgage modifications back in 2008. What a time to be an underwriter, I'll tell you that. But I wanted to talk to y'all about 
when your loan gets declined because I know that this is something that happens. And of course, with the time that we're in, there are increased loan applications going on right now. And lots of people are unaware what it is that they need to do. And so I want to go ahead and just let you know that as an underwriter, I would assess and evaluate and assume the risks of y'all that's applying. So basically, I'm trying to see when you're an underwriter, this is what they're trying to see. If you're going to repay the loan, I've talked about this numerous of times. When you take out a loan, all that institution wants to know is, are you going to pay them back? But you have to qualify. There are so many different things that go into place when you're trying to qualify for a loan. And so lots of people, when they get declined, they don't ask questions. They just sit there, just take the decline. All right, cool. And then just go apply somewhere else. That's not what you're supposed to do. And today I'm going to give you the step-by-step of what it is that you're supposed to do. And so I want to first go ahead and give you some reasons why your loan could have been declined. First, your income, maybe it didn't qualify. Next, what if your credit didn't qualify, meaning it didn't reach the minimum amount, the minimum credit score that they're looking for for you to qualify for that loan? Or what if both your income and your credit don't qualify? And that comes into place with something called your debt to income ratio didn't match up along with your credit score not matching up. Also, what if you don't qualify due to the value of the collateral that you're applying to get. Now, when I say collateral, a house is collateral and auto is collateral. And so what if you're applying for, say, a mortgage or you're applying for a auto, a car loan, and that particular collateral that you have the value of it doesn't add up for that institution. So a perfect example for that, when you get a car, say you're getting something and the value is low for what it is that you're trying to borrow. You're trying to give you an example because I love Impalas. That's my car. So say you're trying to get a loan for an Impala and the vehicle cost is $22,000, but it's only worth $17,000. So, of course, that financial institution going to be like, uh-uh, this ain't adding up. You got to purchase it for $22,000, but it's only worth $17,000. That ain't adding up for us. You don't qualify due to the age. I'm sorry, not the age. You don't qualify due to the value of that collateral not adding up for them. And also, the last reason why, if the age of a piece of collateral doesn't add up. So I'll give you this example. I see this a lot when people are getting RVs or they're getting boats or I'm trying to think, uh, sometimes used cars. When you're getting one of those things and it's old and it's just not within their range of what they'll accept. So say you want to get a 1998 RV. It's bomb in your eyes, but to the financial institution, they like, yo, that's way too old. We don't do that. Or you want to get a old school car that has no value. And this old school is like a 78 or 80. And it's not in their age requirement for that financial institution. So 
Those are the five reasons why you could be declined. And hopefully y'all was paying attention. You can go back and you can rewind that. And so whatever the reason is, when you're declined, you need to ask those questions. You need to find out, all right, what happened? <laughs> Don't just say I'm declined. What happened? Tell me bit by bit. Why was I declined? Most likely when you're declined, it wasn't from the person that you're sitting with. Well, you know what? I'm taking, let me take it back. Back in the day, you used to sit at branches and you would sit with people when you're, when you're applying or when you're calling on the phone. And so for the most part, the person you're talking to on the phone or the person you're sitting in front of is not the person that declined you. They had to send that loan up to their underwriting department, whomever it is that does the underwriting. And so you need to be very clear and concise with the person and say, I need you to find out from them why it was that I was declined. Not the generic reasons that they're going to put on your decline when you get the decline letter. You need to know exactly if my income didn't qualify, what would I have qualified for? Or would I have qualified for anything? I know y'all declined me for what I asked for, but did I qualify for anything else? If my income was too low, how much did I miss it by? If my credit score was too low. Okay, so what credit score are y'all looking for? If both, you get what I'm saying. You need to ask the question so that way you can gain clarity as to what's going on with my loan application and why y'all declined it. Just because I know from being in this business that people won't ask the clarifying questions. They won't ask. All they'll do is make up whatever rumor it is that they have put inside their head. Not a rumor. It becomes a rumor once they start spreading it. But you make up a story in your head without getting the information that you need. You applied. Get all of the information that you need to clarify that situation for you if your loan application has been declined. And so I want to have story time with y'all. So about a year and a half ago, I applied for a Southwest credit card. So I've been taking quite a few trips since for the past, I want to say two and a half years. Y'all know I'm from Chicago, so I got to go home, got to go visit all of the things. And so living in California, going to, going back to Chicago, it's expensive. Okay. So I said, let me take a look. I'm always flying Southwest because I love Southwest. Southwest, I would love a sponsorship. Holla at your girl. Okay. <laughs> And because I'm always flying Southwest, I was on a plane one time and here go advertising. The Southwest credit card pops up while I was watching like HGTV. And I was like, oh, I should consider that. And I thought about it and I applied for it. I applied for it while I was on the plane. Okay. And so I didn't hear nothing back. And so I was like, you know what? We was in the air. Maybe my application didn't go through. It's cool. I'm going to do it again. So I applied again. And when I applied that time, I still didn't hear anything. And so I was like, oh, that's odd because look, I know I got approved. Don't play with me. So probably about maybe seven to 10 days later, I got like a decline notice in the mail. Right. And so y'all, my credit is a one. Okay. Don't play with me. Ain't none of that crazy stuff going on over here. I didn't work very hard over the last 
whole bunch of years to make sure that my credit stays in a good spot. And so when I got the decline, I was like, Mm-mm, this ain't even going to work. And just like y'all, when you get a decline, even if it's in the mail, check this out. What I did was I called them. I called that 800 number that was on there that says, if you have any questions, I said, yes, I have all the questions actually got on the phone with them and said, um, excuse me, just need to find out why I was declined. And of course, the first person that I spoke with was someone who was not in the underwriting department. And she gave me the generic reasons why they would put on a decline. I want y'all to know this. There are lots of generic reasons why you get a decline. They have to be selected along with all of the other reasons why the underwriter who had to assess your risk had to decline you. So they have to put those generic reasons on there. And so when she gave that to me, I said, excuse me, sweetheart, that's when you know I'm about to go off. That's, you know, when you hear sweetheart, excuse me, sweetheart. (laughs) I said, thank you. That's cute. I was I would like to speak with someone in your underwriting department to explain this to me because I have an 800 credit score and my income is pretty good. I know my debt to income and debt to income is also something that y'all need to look at just to make sure that you qualify for whatever that loan product is. We'll get into that in a second. But I said, I know my debt to income is good. Can you give me some more solid reasons as to why I didn't get this credit card? And she said, oh, I can't I can't see any of that information. And so when they tell you they can't see it, that's when you know you need to speak to somebody else. I said, okay, cool, cool. You verified that you cannot assist me. Have somebody else assist me now, specifically an underwriter, since they the ones that said no to it. All right. So she gets the underwriting department on there. Now, this wasn't an easy task. I had to continue to ask for an underwriter so that way I can get the real reasons. When I spoke to an underwriter, they looked at it and said, oh, I don't know why you got a decline. You weren't supposed to get a decline. $20,000 credit card. I kid you not. So a decline that I initially got, which I knew I shouldn't have got, I called and spoke to somebody and they turned that decline into a $20,000 credit card. Now, how do I go from decline to $20,000? I don't know. Stuff happens. That's the reason why I'm doing this episode to let y'all know that when you are declined, make sure you're asking the questions. You're calling who you need to call. And so I want to go back to debt to income when I was just talking about. And so lots of people think that when they're declined, it's automatically just your credit score. It's not. There is a such thing as you not making enough money for the thing that you're trying to get. Most financial institutions are looking for a debt to income under 40%. Now, the reason why I'm saying under 40% is because once you get up to that 50% range, you're cutting it too close. You got to have top-notch credit, have discipline of the gods in order to... In order to qualify for things when you're at 50% or a little bit over. And so when you're doing your debt to income, I want to show y'all a quick way that you can understand what your total debt to income looks like. And so when you're adding this up, you're taking all of your monthly payments that are showing on your credit reports and you're adding those up. So your debt to income, you're taking all of your monthly payments on your credit report and you're adding those up and you're dividing that by your gross income that you make monthly. 
that will give you what your percentage is. And remember, I just said financial institutions is best if you have under 40%. You got to have top-notch credit to be over 40%. Okay? But this is the thing. That debt to income is telling you if you can afford that product, whatever it is that you're getting a loan for. And because most financial institutions are using your gross income, we don't get paid gross. We get paid net. So you don't want to cut that close and put yourself out. So you want to take a look at that. But I want to get back to the original point is if you're declined, make sure you are asking questions because just like my Southwest credit card was wrong, your decline could be wrong. There could be something else that you need to say to that underwriter that can change that decision. I used to love being an underwriter. I used to call people and I would say, you know what? Something's here, but I need some more clarity to this situation as to what's going on. Can you show income for this period of time? What's this? What's that? That's when you have caring underwriters. That's the one thing that I can say as an underwriter. I was an underwriter here in California for the seventh largest credit union in the U.S. And my underwriting department was so bomb because we would try to make the loans work wherever we could. And I was taught by the best of the best of the best. Okay, basically God's angels was teaching me how to underwrite. And so because I learned that skill, that's the reason why I want to make sure that I'm telling y'all, please, if you're declined, make sure you ask those questions. If you need to clarify something, a break um, on your credit report, a break in income. If you had an extenuating situation go on, you were sick, you went through a divorce, uh, you went through sick. Um, oh, I said sickness. <laughs> Sick this twice, okay? But anything that has happened to you, you want to give that story to them so that way your underwriter is able to get that information, put that together, and see if you actually will qualify for whatever that loan that you qualified that you applied for. All right, y'all. I hope that that was clear. You may have to listen to this a couple of times so you can go back and hear what it is that I said. But I hope that was some good information for y'all for today. And we're going to go ahead and move into our financial self-care tip. This week, I want y'all to set your one-year goal, okay? And the reason why I'm saying set a one-year goal is because... Child, in these COVID times, I know we are losing hope. It is crazy. Now, I know some places around the U.S. seem way more open than where I'm at in California, okay? Because we not open like that, but a lot of y'all in a lot of places, Atlanta, <laughs> y'all partying, okay? And so... <laughs> I'm just not there yet. I've had family members who have contracted COVID and that brought to my perspective that this thing is real. And so I know that a lot of people are losing hope. They're losing faith for the future and still set your goals because every single thing that we probably want to do in life has some type of price tag associated with it. Why not, while we're in this slowdown period of time, set your goals and see what it is that 
you need to do to get to that goal. I don't know what your goals may be, but having some type of thing to look forward to is what we need to help us get through. Y'all, I don't care if this is just like a crazy goal. Okay, I know that I didn't vacation a lot before the pandemic happened, like I'll go home and I'll go visit my best friend in Houston, but I'm not like a vacationer to go to like the islands and things of that sort. But check this out. When this thing is over, I'm on every island. Okay. I'm island hopping. Do you hear me? Okay. So whatever it is that you want to do, make that goal, make that plan, set that up so that way you can have something to look forward to. And I believe that that is a part of self-care just because you're important. The things that you think about are important. The things that you want to do are important. And so you have to set that goal and set a plan to go next to it. All right, y'all, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone if you feel it in your heart. Remember, Sharon is Karen. That's all I got. Ain't got no more. Somebody asked me, where did I get that from? One of my favorite YouTubers, probably the favorite YouTuber, Funky Dineva. And so always want to give credit where credit is due. Until next time, y'all, when I hit you with another one.